This is Three Valleys Radio. And it's Friday night, and that means it's time for the racing show. If you're into racing, this is the show for you. We like to think we've got it all. Top trainers. Top jockeys. Top tipsters. So make sure you make a note. Friday night at 7 o'clock for the racing show on Three Valleys Radio. show tonight we've got from Taunton David Pike from Lambourne Jamie Snowden Simon Holt from the Sporting Life joins us top national hunt jockey Nick Schofield's on the show And of course, what show would be complete without Colin Brown and Dave Wilson for all their tips? So settle down and let's look forward to the new jump racing season which starts today at Chepstow. So let's get straight down to it with Mike Patton with all the racing news from the racing media. Hello and a very warm welcome along to all the news and the racing media, which does include racing TV, the racing post and the sporting life. A busy report today, so let's get ourselves underway with our first story. The eagerly anticipated 100th running of the Prix de l'Arc de Triomphe assembled a veritable who's who of European flat racing. It finished with stunned observers left simply asking, who? For German racing, the remarkable victory of Torquator Tasso provided an unexpected but wonderful cause for celebration. For almost everyone else, it initially delivered anticlimax and bewilderment, as a 72-1 outsider swept past leading fancies Tanawa, Hurricane Lane and Adea to achieve something few could possibly have foreseen. Only two months ago, a horse who carries the colours of the German flag had been soundly defeated on home soil by the St. Mark Prescott-trained Alpinista. That did not suggest his ticket to the Ark would yield much of a return. Yet following success in the Grosse Price von Baden, he surged forward once again to capture what had looked like a vintage staging of the sport's supreme middle-distance championship. If a horse's name hitherto meant little to many racing fans, neither were trainer Marcel Weiss and jockey René Pechelek exactly household names outside their own country. Now, however, they occupy a proud place on an illustrious roll of honour after combining to give their nation a third arc triumph following wins of Star Appeal and Dame Dream in 1975 and 2011. 
Rain had pounded the streets of Paris through Saturday night and Sunday morning, creating a sound that must have been music to the ears of a second-season trainer and a jockey whose career had been helped by opportunities afforded him by the Covid-induced absence of visiting international riders in Germany. Their horse adored the gruelling Longchamp ground, and in what became a test of bravery as well as brilliance, it was he who was the extremely deserving winner. Given the intensity of the build-up to this arc, and the unrelenting focus on so many of its leading contenders, the postscript felt strangely surreal not least in a post-race press conference during which journalist Liz Price conversed with the winning trainer and jockey in German before perfectly translating their answers into French and then English. It's all very difficult for me to understand. I can't really digest that I have won this race, said the 44-year-old Weiss, an assistant trainer for 20 years before taking over the Mulheim yarn of Jens Hirschberger at the end of 2019. He continued, We started a plan for the arc last winter. I thought this was the strongest arc of the last few years, but I still thought he deserved to go to the start. We would have been very happy if he'd finished third, fourth, fifth or sixth. We would have considered that a success. The fact that he won is a bonus. You cannot go higher than the Prix de l'Arc de Triomphe. Every trainer dreams of it. That I have won is absolutely unreal. Not that Vice was jumping up and down with joy. Dressed in a sober black suit, he could have been mistaken for an understated tax inspector. Nevertheless, although much more Ryan Moore than Frankie Dettori, he said his demeanour changed when Torquator Tasso crossed Longchamp's winning line, three quarters of a length in front of Tanawa, who, along with her eventual conqueror and Hurricane Lane, had only got past longtime leader Adea, just over half a furlong from home. He continued, During the race I was very quiet, before adding with a smile, When we won, I screamed, but nobody saw me. Petulek was positively beaming. He said, There was not a lot of pace in the race, so I immediately tried to get a position with the leading horses, said the 34-year-old. I wanted to be in a spot where, when we got onto the straight, I could really launch my horse. The longer the straight, the better he gets, so I was keen to make full use of him. I was honoured just to be able to ride in the Ark. I want to thank the owners, breeders and trainer for letting me ride Torquid to Tasso, even though I hadn't taken part in the race before. I can't believe I've won. Wait until tomorrow, then I might believe it. Tanawa's trainer, Dermot Veld, was already convinced. This is not a surprise, he insisted. I have the highest regard for German racing. Every so often they come up with a good horse. Their latest exceptionally good horse is part-owned by 88-year-old Helga Andres, who, along with her husband Peter Michael Andres, is one of the forces behind Gestut and Quell, in whose silks last year Deutsches Derby second competes. Sadly, she was not able to make it onto the winner's podium, but instead stood close to it with the Ark Silver Trophy perched on her walking frame. Throughout the playing of the German national anthem, she sported a face that transmitted joy, as she had when congratulations moments earlier by the Princess Royal. It's fantastic, and yes, I do believe it, she said. I was so sure, so very sure. He was number one, so he came first in the parade, and he also came first in the race. He was always number one to me. This horse is in my heart. I'm so happy. I can't believe it.
I have a broken leg, so I can't do much at the moment. I have done sport all my life. I am a skier, and I have never broken anything, but I fell over in the garden. The leg was already feeling better. Now, thanks to this horse, it feels very much better. And moving on in the Ark Winner news, for Japan, it was once again a case of what might have been, as Chronogenesis finished an honourable seventh after being given a positive ride by Ocean Murphy, who stayed in the middle of the track from his wide draw and gradually worked across to join the leading trio. Trainer Katashi Sato said, She travelled calmly and took up a good position. I thought she would show a nice turn of foot when she turned into the home straight. However, she emptied at the end because of the heavy ground. Fellow Japanese challenger and pre-foy winner Deep Bond had been one of the expected front runners, but Mikhail Barcelona was never better than two-thirds of the way back and virtually walked over the line. Trainer Ryuji Okubu said, The ground was the heaviest he has experienced and he was not able to take the ideal position. I was worried he might have been injured, but he's fine. We'll take him home and prepare him for the next race. Mojo Star never left the rail after breaking well from stall one, but could only stay on at one pace in tenth. They didn't go mad, said jockey Ross Ryan, which probably didn't suit me on that ground. We couldn't. I travelled super into the straight. This lad over a mile and a half just seems to always lack half a gear. But you don't want to light him up and make too much use of him. I think he's going to be a top horse at two miles next year. Next up on our Ark Winner News. Charlie Appleby was philosophical after his two-pronged challenge for the 100th Ark finished with Hurricane Lane being beaten a short head for second and a day at three lengths back in fourth. Importantly, he expects to have both back to continue their racing careers in 2022. Appleby said, Discussions will be had, but I hope so because they are two horses who have a lot of scope. I know it sounds mad because they both won a classic, but I genuinely think they will be two outstanding three-year-olds who will progress into lovely four-year-olds. Adea initially took a lead from Yataka Take on Broom, but by the time the field had emerged from behind the Petit Bois, the Derby and King George hero had taken matters into his own hands. Appleby continued, We knew there wasn't going to be a strong pace in those conditions. Nobody wanted to go forward. And William said, Unfortunately, Adea jumped well, and he had to pop him on the front end, as he never really had any cover. He continued, Adea pricked his ears, but he didn't like that ground. It was a brave performance, but his class came through, and he tried to pick up on the ground. He can be slightly versatile next year, as he could drop back to a mile and two furlongs. James Doyle was able to find a pitch on the rail from his inside draw on Hurricane Lane, but Appleby felt scrimmaging might not have helped this cause when the leaders slowed the pace. Hurricane Lane was slightly shuffled back because of the pace on a horse we knew was going to see out the trip well, but James has given him every opportunity, and at one stage it looked like he might get there in time. It was a gruelling race, but I'm delighted with how they ran and their exciting horses for next season. Snowfall tracked Torquato Tasso into the straight and looked to have every chance, but the Triple Oaks heroine was unable to pick up. Ryan Moore said, The winner's not bad, you know. He's been all right in Germany and probably seriously underestimated. Snowfall ran well. I'm a bit disappointed, but she hasn't run a bad race. Aidan O'Brien, who will assess how Snowfall comes out of the arc before looking at a possible trip to the Breeders' Cup, felt she may not have acted on the holding surface. He said, 
it might have been a bit too deep for her. Turning in, it looked like she was going to come there, but it was tough going out there. We'll go home and see how she is before deciding whether we go again. He added, Broom ran well and just kept going. The ground was maybe a bit tough for him. And next up in our ARG winner news, Charlie Appleby predicted a war of attrition on desperate ground in the Prix de la Foray, but victory proved far smoother for Space Blues, who powered through the mud to record his fifth group success. Godolphin's five-year-old missed the last two runnings of the foray due to setbacks, but made up for lost time when stretching clear of the Paddy Tuomi-trained Pearls Galore under William Buick. It was a positive end to a mixed day for the trainer, who claimed third and fourth in the arc with Hurricane Lane and Adair, as well as second in the Prix Jean-Luc Lagardère with juvenile Noble Truth. The meeting may not have belonged to Godolphin as expected, nor Appleby, who has won seven top-level races this year. But the trainer was all smiles as he collected the trophy with his daughter Edith. I'm delighted with this old boy. He's one of the yard's favourites, said Appleby after his first victory in the Group 1. Space Blues is a push-button ride, and William rode him last week in an electric piece of work, the best he's ever done. So he was a worthy favourite. The seven furlong specialist finished fourth in the Lennox Stakes on his seasonal reappearance before winning the City of York Stakes in August, after which he was put away before his big day at Longchamp. Appleby said, I've been trying to get him there for three years, and unfortunately the poor old fellow won his prep races and then met with setbacks. We were always working back from the foray, and I was delighted with his fourth on soft ground at Goodwood as he came on for the run. He put up one of the best performances in the city of York Stakes, and then we decided to put him in bubble wrap. He was in the best form of his life after a break, and William rode him with confidence. He kept punching away up the straight, he travels for fun, and he's a class horse. I saw William filling him up, and then I knew it was only a matter of time before he pushed the button. He then put the race to bed smoothly, and might have booked himself a ticket to Del Mar. Appleby said Space Blues may not stay in training next season, but he could be set for a swan song in the next month's Breeders' Cup mile. And our final look at the ARC winner news today. Grade 1 winning jockey Matt Griffiths is in a stable but critical condition with a serious head injury after being involved in a fatal road accident on Sunday. Griffiths, 31, was driving near the village of Exford on Exmoor in Somerset when the car collided with a tree at around 8.45pm. The police report of the single-car accident said the passenger, a 27-year-old man, died at the scene, while Griffiths suffered a serious head injury and was transported to hospital in Bristol. Avon and Somerset Police issued an appeal for information on Tuesday, and a statement from the force said, At about 8.45pm on Sunday, a BMW 430 with two occupants was in collision with a tree. The passenger, a 27-year-old man, sadly died at the scene from his injuries. The driver, a 31-year-old man, suffered a serious head injury and was taken to hospital. If you have any information which could help with their investigation, please call them on 101 and please give the call handler the reference number 5221-230-833. I'll give you that reference number again. It's call 101 and give the call handler the reference number 5221 230 833. 
A statement released by the Injured Jockeys Fund on Monday evening said there was a fatal car accident yesterday near Exford on Exmoor. National Hunt jockey Matt Griffiths was involved in this and having been taken to Southmead Hospital in Bristol is now in a stable but critical condition. His family have asked for privacy at this difficult time. Griffiths, who had his first ride in December 2008, has won 139 races from 1,300 rides, with his best campaigns numerically coming in 2011 and 2012, and 2018 to 2019, when he rode 18 winners. His most regular supporter has been Somerset-based trainer Jeremy Scott, who has provided the jockey with over half of his career victories, including a memorable triumph on Dashiell Drasher in the Grade 1 Ascot chase in February. The pair forged clear of Master Tommy Tucker to provide a first victory at the highest level for Griffiths, who had been set to ride Dashiell Drasher in the Ryanair chase at the Cheltenham Festival the following month before he was declared a non-runner on account of the ground. Griffiths has also ridden regularly for Nicky Martin and was on board with the two amigos when finishing a close second to secret reprieve in this year's Welsh Grand National. He has taken 11 rides so far this season without winning. Everybody at the racing show and here at the racing news wish Matt a speedy recovery. This has been all the news from the racing media, including Racing TV, The Racing Post and The Sporting Life. I'm Mike Padden and thanks for listening. Join us again next time. That was Mike Padden there with all the news from the racing media, including The Racing Post and the sporting life and racing tv and now as usual we're gonna have a look and see where we can go racing this week we can start at hexham where there are seven races over the jumps but a one o'clock start then there is seven races on the flat still going strong the flat uh at newmarket 110 start chepstow seven races over the jumps there with a 115 start and York, seven races on the flat there on a 1.30 start. And finally, Chelmsford, seven races on the flat there with a 5.30 start. So that's Saturday. Now Sunday, we've got seven races over the jumps at Newton Abbott with a one o'clock start. Seven races on the flat at Goodwood, 1.45 start. Uh, racing at the Curra uh, with a three o'clock start. And finally, there are racing over the jumps at Limerick with a 4.30 start. And don't miss later in the show when Colin Brown joins us. And not only will he be giving you his wonderful tips, uh, but also we're going to have a look at 10 horses to follow. And I might even chuck in a few of my own selections there as well. So uh, basically join us then a bit later in the show and um, you'll see what we can come up with for you. So, where should we start? Let's pop down to Taunton and have a chat with David Pipe, see what he thinks of the forthcoming season. Well, good afternoon, David. Thank you very much for joining us. Um, it's all beginning to happen now, isn't it? Chepstow next week, or this week on Friday. Um, most people seem to consider that to be the start for real of the National Hunt season. Would you concur with that? Um, it's where, you know, we've had a nice drop of rain and obviously some people like kicking off. Um at Chepstow, uh, it's a little bit early for our yard, so uh, we'll wait till a little bit later on in the month. But uh, it'd be nice to see um, some of the uh, better quality horses out. Yeah, absolutely. Um, but what sort of a summer have you had generally? When I say summer, I mean the sort of summer jumping period. Have you have you had a, a fairly good good run? 
yeah, we haven't um, uh, we haven't had that many runners, but I think we've got eleven winners on the board, and uh, uh, most of the winter horses nowadays, so um, they're back in, getting fit and, and ready uh, for the winter season ahead. And and when do you when do you consider the start of you know from from your perspective if it's not going to be this weekend when when will you really get sort of on a roll as it were? Um, whether be Ascot at the end of the month, Charlie Hall meeting, uh, whether be um, I think you know, from then onwards it's uh, you're into the winter season. Yeah, yeah, and um, looking forward to the, the winter season. You know, have you got any uh, standout performers that you're expecting big things from? We've got a few nice youngsters from last year, a few um, good horses coming back from injury that missed last season. So we have a mixture of everything. And, uh, yeah, hopefully um, you're getting the ones back from, from injury and the, the youngsters progressing, progressing, developing into uh, you know good second season hurdlers, stroke novice chasers. Any in particular that you stick your neck out and name? Or are you going to... Uh, Israel Champ coming back from from injury. Um, he's a very good bumper horse, um, and um, yeah, he's a he's a very good horse if we keep him in one piece. Sierra Delac, who um, unseated in the uh, Paddy Power last year, and then unfortunately picked up an injury after that. Yeah. Um, he's another, another decent horse. So uh, um, yeah, there's a few to uh, hopefully uh, get us um, on the winners during the winter season. Yeah, absolutely. Looking at the the um, dec- declarations um, coming up for the next week or so, you seem to have quite a lot of runners out. I mean, are all likely to go? Do you think, or, or not necessarily? Lot, lots will depend on um, last minute blood tests and uh, and the weather, etc. Uh, yeah. The only reason we've got a few entries is because we've had all this all this rain. Um, so uh, we won't be deciding till later on in the week. Uh huh. Um, big day yesterday, the Ark. Uh, what did you make of it? Yeah, well, um, you know, um, all the fancied ones got beat by an 81 shot. So, uh, yeah. if you're in it, you've got a chance, haven't you? So, if you buy the, the ticket to the lottery, you've got a chance. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. it's a fantastic race. Uh, there's a lot of uh, great horses in there, and they didn't look to be that many hard luck stories. So, um, yeah, great winner for uh, for the Germans. Yeah, absolutely. I'm, you know, I'm sure. You know, I, I certainly didn't back it, and I don't think I know, I know anybody that did sort of thing. But no doubt the bookies. Not were... sure too many people that did. No, no exactly. No. I'm sure the bookies were pleased with it, though. That's for sure. I'm sure that. Yeah, I'm sure they were. Must have cleaned up, I should think. But uh, but yeah. yeah, you know. But it was that no, was an interesting race. It, you know, good race to watch, really. But uh, my my fancy of Hurricane Lane was uh, was. Um, yeah, not there. But never mind, never mind. Yeah, no problems. <laughs> okay, David, well, thanks very much for joining us again. We'll give you a call again in a couple of weeks, if that's okay. Okay, thanks. Uh, and best of luck for the season. Well, now it's time to catch up with Jamie Snowden up at uh, Upper Lambord. So here's Jamie. Right, good afternoon, Jamie. Thanks for joining us on the show. Um, I take it that, like most people, you're beginning to get a little bit excited now that the national hunt season proper, as it were, is about to start and launch itself, Yeah. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, hi, AD. Um, thanks for having me on again. Yeah, t- very much looking forward to uh, to Chepstow this weekend. And um, yeah, obviously we've had a we've had a, a, a great start to our season, as it were. But uh, this sort of winter season is just about to begin, and um, yeah, we're we're all sort of very excited. Do you kind of get a, a little bit sort of uh, 
you know, a bit like footballers at the start of the season, really. You know, this is it now. We're right into it, and you're going to start, and, and you know, with some earnest, I presume. Yeah, we do. Um, I mean, obviously, it's very different because r- racing carries on sort of 365 days a year, really. So, um, although the summer is our quieter period, it is still going on. And um, and uh, but yeah, it's it, this time of year is wonderful up on the gallops. You know, the, the the autumn mornings, there's you know a bit of chill in the air and watching all, all all the horses work and gallop and um you know that they're all they, they all look like swans at the moment and, um, <laughs> long, long 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 may that continue yeah absolutely absolutely and uh of course as you say i bet it's a bit chilly up there at five or six o'clock in the morning and what time do you have to get up there in, in the morning so for our first lot pulls out at seven um yeah. and then and then we'll we'll ride out everyone ride out three some people ride out four lots and um yeah they they they, fin- they finish it up as well for lunch mm. A busy time then, really. Yeah, busy, busy time of it. So no, all, 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 all good. And uh, I see you've got uh, you've got one on Friday and three on Saturday. Are they all still going to go? We got three tomorrow. Um, we got anything for love. Our Grade Two winner over hurdles from last year, having had chasing debut at Worcester. Yeah. We've got Arbenegan and Novice Hurdle at Worcester, and then we have got Guinness Affair, who's um, won his last three and looking for looking for the full timer down at Exeter tomorrow. So, by the sound of those, they sound as though they could all be a, a potential winner there. Then. <laughs> always trying, anyway. Yeah, sure, Eddie, always yeah. trying. But go, moving on to Friday, Chepstow, you've got up for parole there. Um, hopeful. Up for pro in the in the Persian War, he runs in the Great Two Persian War, and it's the first first big race of the season. Um, nice nice to be represented by a, by a decent horse like Up for Pro in there. Um, mm. He's he won two of his three starts last season, um, two over hurdles, and and um, yeah, very much looking forward to seeing him out again this time. Yeah, and then Saturday you've got one, two, three uh, potential runners: uh, Tallow for Cole. Uh, no, sorry, that's at Hexham. My silly mistake. Uh, Kiltally Briggs and uh, Chapman's Hype and Kiltally Briggs again. So he's not running in two races. So you've only got two in actual fact. Yeah. So Chapman's Hype, I think, is going to go for the um, for, for the Silver Trophy, the big race on on the Saturday. Yeah. Um, he's been he's been a bit of a winning machine over 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 the last few years. Really, I think he's got something like a forty five percent strike rate. So. Does he? Yeah. Um, he, he he just got touched off the last day and and yeah he'll he'll be out on Saturday providing it's it's dry enough. Kiltilly uh-huh. Briggs on the other hand wants a little bit of uh, softer ground. Um, he's in the the listed novice hand, uh, the listed novice chase. Yeah. Um, if 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 we think the ground's too quick for him, then he might go to Carlisle the following week. Right. Okay. But all in all, the excitement's there, the hype is there. You're getting worked up about it, and uh, you know National Hunt is suddenly back with a bang. Exactly, exactly. And then we've got a good few out on Sunday, Newton Abbott, and into next week. So, yeah, yeah. it's exciting. Yeah, well, it's certainly, uh, you know, it's been relatively quiet, as you've said. You you had a, a, a pretty reasonable summer period as well, though. Yeah, we have, yeah. 18 winners on the board already. So, sitting in 12th position, I think it is in the table. So, no, no, all good. Good start. Good. Well, look, my, um, Jamie, I, I'm hoping that you can give us... Uh, we're trying to get all our sort of contributors on the show to to give us ten to follow really uh, over the season. So I'm hoping that you can uh, you can do that for us. And uh, yes, what have you got for us? Um, I gave you I gave you ten off air. I'm going to try and remember them off the top of my head now. Eddie. You might you might have to uh, give me a yeah. note on one or two of them. Hardy um, De- Hardy Desoy. Hardy Desoy, yeah, he runs runs for 
Pass. He's a four-year-old going novice chasing. Um, we've got uh, who else did I put up on the for list? Pro. Anything for love. Up for parole. Anything for love. Um, Dusty days. That's right, Gino. Um, go on. Give me. Give me. A, give me a clue, Aidy. What else? Uh, honeysuckle. Honeysuckle. Obviously, champion hurdle winner. Yeah. Brave man's game. Yeah, decent horse to get another chasing for Nichols. And Bob Ollinger. Bob Bob Ollinger and Shiskin, yeah. Shiskin, that's right, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So um out of those, what which do you think is gonna be the most successful? Shishkin? Oh listen, of course, yeah. He's he's the sort of obvious one. Honeysuckle's the obvious one. Um there's a few there's a few dark ones. I've I've added a couple from from our team in there. Yeah. Um Hopefully you can uh, you can have a bit of fun following them. Well, I hope so, and let's hope all the, li- the listeners can do the same, and uh, hopefully have a few quid from the bookies. That would be nice. Excellent. Well, Jamie, thank you ever so much for your contribution this week. Uh, a little bit longer than usual, but uh, we thank you for that. But I thought I'd better get you today because it's a quiet day, and you're going to be busy tomorrow and Friday. So, uh, hence the phone call today. Wonderful. Well, listen, thanks, Eddie. Good to catch up. Yeah, absolutely. And, uh, you know, keep keep up the good work. We, we really do appreciate you joining us on the show. So that's great. Not at all. Cheers, Eddie. All the best. Thanks a lot, Jamie. Well, that was Jamie Snowden um, up at Upper Lambourne. And uh, now we've managed to crab a quick minute and a half with uh, top jockey Daryl Jacob, who was just all set to get going at Exeter this afternoon. So, um, start of the national hunt season proper really on uh, on friday you uh you getting excited about the prospects of some better horses to ride yeah no we're obviously very much looking forward to um yeah looking forward to it um it's always nice when this time of the year comes around isn't it so yeah yeah very much so and presumably you've well, got right. some uh some exciting horses to ride i mean bristol to may springs to mind immediately but i expect there's a few others isn't there yeah no we've got a nice bunch of horses and stuff like that so we have yeah no i'm very much looking forward to there's some uh, young horses and, and all that involved in, you know, that we have as well. So, yeah, very much looking forward to it. Any, any particular standout to you? Uh, yeah, no, there's some nice young horses there. Obviously, I don't want to be naming them at the moment. But, yeah, we've got a nice selection of horses to look forward to. Yeah, yeah, yeah. OK, well, look, I, I know you're a busy man. You're at the races at Exeter, all set to go to Puffin Bay. Is that going to win today? Um, she's got a chance, isn't she? She's got a chance. It's, uh, you know I mean, she's she's a nice filly. She won last time out, so yeah, yeah these guys got a chance. Good. Okay. Well, look, thanks ever so much for joining us, Daryl. A nice and quickie, but uh, it all helps to get listeners to the show. And uh, when we've got top class jockeys like yourself coming on board, it's all good stuff. So thanks very much for that. No problem. Thanks, William. Thank you. Speak to you soon, mate. Cheers. Well, that was Daryl Jacob. Uh, just getting ready to. Ride some winners, hopefully, at uh, Worcester. And now we're going to catch up with Nick Schofield, a regular, of course, on the show. And Nick's also been up at Worcester, I think, this afternoon. So let's, let's see what he's got to say. OK, afternoon, Nick. Thanks for joining us on the show. Um, what sort of an afternoon have you had this afternoon? Yeah, good afternoon, guys. I was at Worcester today. I had three rides. Um, no winners today, but... Um um horses for the winter that just will improve for their fitness so um yeah no it was uh yeah it was, i had a good morning this morning at john joe neil racing in jack Dawes castle yeah. uh, which is near cheltenham um sat on sky pirate this morning and papatanko charlie amongst others a horse called tedham so um sat on about six or seven horses this morning and had three rides of the races so um yeah busy day and productive day so um 
we move on to the next. Yeah, and Sky Pirate, was he in good good order? Yeah, really good. Yeah, he's in fine battle. His plan will be go to the Holden Gold Cup. Yeah. Um, well, only if the ground's all right, we could do with some more rain. I'm looking at the ground at Exeter today. So, um, yeah, just hope it rains for him and then he'll be out very soon. Good, good. Now, as we all know, um, Chepstow tomorrow is considered to be the sort of start of the of the national hunt season proper. Do you feel is it does it feel different? Uh, no, not at all. We've been crafting away for the last few months. <laughs> we, we laugh, lots of jockeys laugh about it. Yeah, the trainers like to say it starts there, but I, I think because it's so dry, it doesn't really start there. Um, tomorrow, there's a few nice horses. Don't get me wrong, lining up, but you know the majority of the big guns won't be there and. Um, um, I got three nice rides on Saturday. One tomorrow. Um, I hope you know one of them can go in. Yeah. Um, so um, yeah, but it's it, if, it, if it was soft the ground, I'm sure you'd have had better horses again. But mm. the ground just drying out. It's 20 degrees here now, and yeah, that's if it right. Gets soft, it could end up good ground, and no one's going to run their good horses on watered ground. So no. it's very unfortunate for Chepstow, but. Um, yeah, it's sort of this time of year where the new batch of horses, the winter horses, come out. So I think that's why people say that. So obviously the, the order of the day is more rain. Yeah, we, we obviously had a, a deluge last week, but um, when the temperature's still 20 degrees, it soon goes. And mm. um, for winter racing, it's not quite enough, unfortunately. No, but I think, you know, having seen the weather forecast, they were saying this is only a temporary blip as far as the temperature's concerned. So... Hopefully, you'll get some rain next week and uh, the good horses will start coming out. Yeah, hopefully. <laughs> <laughs> but it doesn't make much difference to you, as you say, because you've got ride out in the morning and loads of horses to ride in the afternoon. So I suppose it's it's just another day, really, for a, for a jockey like yourself. Yeah, it's a busy time of year for everyone. Until the clocks change, we're able to do a lot in the mornings. And, um, yeah. So, yeah, no, it's all good. Um just hopefully every horse and jockeys everyone stay safe and um we can um hopefully have a good winter and where are you tomorrow i'm at chapstow for one a horse that won it's only ever run at aintree yeah uh, change yard since um probably being uh like it'd be nice if he won again but i'd imagine he will um improve the experience tomorrow and um he will um be a nice horse in time but maybe not tomorrow but so got some real, real exciting rides on saturday i ride a horse called captain all he was second in the whitbread yeah. um won some big races last winter he has a seasonal appearance and so does five star getaway who's having a be his prep run for the paddy power or the grand sefton and then a bumper horse that should improve for his first run so some three smart rides on on saturday and then we head to newton abbott on sunday so um yeah with all the Sunday racing, I suppose you don't even get the weekend off now. No, no, no. We don't want the, we don't want it off either. So, oh, um, fair enough then. Yeah. Good. Well, look, Nick. Thanks for joining us on the show today. Um, hope you have a good weekend with uh, a load of winners. And uh, yeah, we'll speak to you next week, mate. Great. Good to speak to you, Adrian. Everyone. Thank you, Nick. You're a star. Thank you very much thanks. indeed. Speak to you soon. No worries. Bye bye. Cheers, Adrian. Bye. bye. Well, that was Nick Schofield on his way back from racing at Worcester today. And now it's time to catch up with you-know-who. Yeah, the cheeky-tacky himself. It's Colin Brown. 
Well, good morning, or evening, I should say, Colin, because we're doing this at a slightly different time uh, on Thursday evening now. Uh, and I want to really start with uh, a slightly serious development this afternoon. Um, I don't know if you're aware of it, but the Queen, Her Majesty the Queen, has apparently uh, banned Sheikh Mohammed from her box at Royal Ascot. I just wondered what you thought the potential backlash could be on British racing if Sheikh Mohammed, you know, shows his, throws his toys out the pram. Well, I'll be perfectly honest. I've not seen him in a box that many times, but I mean, obviously, he does go and visit uh, Her Majesty's box, which is a fantastic box at uh, Ascot. Um, well, yes, I mean, there's been a controversy over you know, wives and daughters and, you know, it's been open in the news mm. um, over the last or year or two. Um, and, you know, to be perfectly honest, yeah, I mean, he has gifted the Queen many horses in the past because you can see that they were bred by Sheikh Mohammed and, um, you know, she, he's obviously maybe gifted them or maybe she's, I don't, I don't know quite how that works, but um, I, I've noticed a few in, that run her name that were bred by Godolphin. So whatever, however, whatever the arrangement might be, I don't know. Um, yeah, I mean, phew. No, well, I mean, I, I was thinking great. from the point of view of he, if, if he did throw his toys out the pram, um, you know, he could say, oh, well, to hell with England. I'm going to move my operations back to uh, Dubai, or he could say, well, I'm going to shift it all to America, uh, you know, and that would be, have a devastating effect on British racing, wouldn't it? It'd be massive. It'd be massive because he's got studs here and he's got three training establishments and you're talking six... Well, you. I bet he's got over a thousand horses here in England. I think probably fifteen hundred. And mm. if you work it out staff-wise, you know, um, two, three horses per person, um, that will be devastating. And the money that you know they they put into you know buying horses here and breeding and you know it'd be devastating for the sport to be perfectly honest. Mm. But, you know, Her Majesty the Queen, I do appreciate that she has to. Um, you know, she has to do what she has to do. Mm. No, well, it's certainly worrying. That's sure, but we'll have to hope that it doesn't uh, it doesn't go along that sort of route. But it's obviously the potentials there for sort of toys to be thrown out of pram, sort of thing. You know. Yeah, that's right. Exactly. Unbelievable, isn't mm, it? Really, yeah, it toys is. to be thrown out of prams. I like that. That's a nice <laughs> saying, is it? Really, it's almost. Um... <laughs> well, of course, co coming at a time when um, Saudi Arabia have just bought Newcastle United. Uh, I know. Uh, I know. That's going to be an upheaval to British football, but that's not what we're here for. Anyway, um, 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 talking about queens. Talking, talking about, about queens, queens. yes. Talking about queens, it was Mary's birthday this week. Well, happy birthday, Mary. Yeah, she was, this week, she was, I think she just turned about 62. Yeah. I thought you weren't going to mention her age. Ah, oh, just slipped out, didn't it? Mm. No, she's wonderful, wonderful. Ma Mary, can you, can you make that. sure that you have a, a chocolate cake for your birthday cake? Uh, and um, I shall wait for a little box to arrive with a piece of chocolate cake in it, OK? Listen, listen, Greedy. It was two days ago. She's probably already eaten it. You'll have to wait till next year. 
Well, who's greedy one then? It can't be me if, if, if I am. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, anyway, happy birthday, Mary. Yeah, happy you? birthday, Mary. We're only joking, of course, but uh, hope you oh, have, have a good day and um, a good week because, uh, of course, National Hunt starts tomorrow and uh, we are yeah. featured it heavily on the programme this week. And uh, Uncle Colin has been yeah. given the task of coming up with 10 horses to follow. And he is now going to tell you what they are, aren't you, Colin? Right, well, yes. The, I mean, this weekend, really, being Chepstow, is the beginning. What, what, what I would say, the beginning of the National Hunt season is the day after it ends, which, for my mind, is stupid. Because mm. when I was riding, you know, we used to um, finish end of May, you'd have two months off, spend a bit of time with your family, go on holiday, do a bit of gardening, put a fence up that's fallen down, maybe... Um, and do a few little jobs but now it's crazy it, it starts and stops and starts and stops and that's the way it goes but Chepstow was always like this you know proper start of the national hunt season so we're cracking away at Chepstow this weekend um, I'm down there for two days looking after sponsors for Phil Bell the um, CEO of Chepstow and also on Saturday we've got I think I mentioned on the program last week um, there's the book launched by Neil Clark of Champion Jockeys from 1945 to present. So we've got, obviously, those that aren't with us anymore, families coming along, plus uh, a load of um, Champion Jockeys. So if anybody's listening and want to come to Chepstow on Saturday, come along and buy a book and get it signed by what one of, well, a few of the Champion Jockeys. And, you know, it's the start of the start of the season, if you like, the proper national hunt season. Um I remember the last winner I rode at this meeting was on a horse um, called Sir Blake, who would have been top class, sadly, he broke his leg at home. But I won um, the Persian War on him. Persian War, of course, won three champion hurdles back in the 70s uh, for Colin Davis and for Arthur Pitt. Um, but the Persian War hurdle is a grade one hurdle, a great race to win. And this horse, actually, when I retired, the year I retired, I rode him in the Royal and Sun Alliance at Cheltenham. Went to the last fourth, two lengths off the leaders. Absolute double handful. Would have won and fell. So that was um, that was the end of him, really. But he he broke his leg then on the gallops. And the next year, he won quite a few races. So, yeah, I've got a nine to follow because I'm going to expect you to put one of them up. All right. um, I've got a nine... I've got a nine to follow for the season, so um, whenever you're ready. Well, go for it then. Let's let's go. Start from the back, and we'll work up to the, the what you think is the best choice. Mm, I wouldn't say that. Okay, well, the best choice is last. Probably it's never been beaten, and it probably uh, might go through life unbeaten. You never know. But I'm going to start off. Um, not with the... Uh, yeah, I'm just going to start off with my list, if you don't mind. Yeah, go on then. A horse that's won 10 from 16 races isn't too shabby. And there's a horse called Galvin. And it's uh, trained by Gordon Elliott. Um, it won the Sam Vestley National Chase at Cheltenham last year. Beat Soldier of Love. Um, it could be a Grand National or a Cheltenham Gold Cup prospect. It uh, won at Cheltenham um, in the October meeting <laughs> last year. Mm -hmm. And I think he's pretty useful. So Gordon Elliott trains it. Galvin, it's called. Right, yeah. Uh, horse number two is Flaming Ambition, trained by a guy that's fairly near to you. And I think you know him, don't you, um, Hoxie? 
and that is Chris Barber. Chris now, Barber. Now, I, I, I know Jack Barber. Okay, well, this is Chris, um, and he, is, he, he trains point-to-pointers, and he's got a horse that he paid 65 grand for at the Cheltenham Sales by fame and glory. It's got good point-to-point form, and it's called Flaming Ambition. Put him down in your horses to follow. I mean, I've got a few that, you know, probably some of you might not um, think are obvious, so that's uh, another one of them. Mm-hmm. So uh, another Irish horse I've got, horse number three, is a horse called Vanillier, and uh, Gavin Cromwell trains this, and he won the Albert Bartlett last year. But this is another horse that you can put in your books for um, future. What's, I think it, what's it called again? Called, it's called Vanillier. How do you spell it's that? V A V A N I L I E R. V A N I L I E R. Yeah, I've got it. He's a horse that could be going for the Royal and Sun Lions chase. He's a pretty good horse, and um, I think he's a big improver. Mm hmm. Last year, we spoke about a horse called My Drogo, and it was a horse that I, I write a little piece for the R, um, the, the RCA uh, club, and uh, Race Girls Club, shall I say. And um, I gave him My Drogo to follow last year. Well, he fought one four out of five races, including the Mersey Hurdle at Aintree. He skipped Cheltenham, um, but he did win at Aintree, and he won Kelso and Doncaster, I think. Um, he is a horse that could be a Cheltenham Gold Cup horse one day. He could be a Royal and Sun Alliance horse one day um, over fences. He's a lovely horse. He's trained by Dan Skelton. And I think he'll take, uh, I think he'll be pretty well unbeaten this season. Right, let's move on to the horse number five. He's called Metier, M-E-T-I-E-R, trained by Harry Fry won the Tollworth last season, and he disappointed in the, in the Supreme. You know, we really thought he would win the Supreme, or Harry did, and so did I. And um, I went to a few of the Cheltenham Festival previews and really bigged this horse up. But he ran in the Supreme, and he was disappointed. He wasn't beaten miles, but he was disappointed, finished down the field. And, uh, and Harry said the other day um, that he they found him to have an inflamed... Artenoid cartilage. Oh, I've had one of those. Um, I've Lawrence. had. Yeah, they're nasty. I've had a two or three of them. I think I can see that just around your throat. I think you've had an operation for it. <laughs> yeah, I, I saw that the other day. Yeah. Like almost a bit of whiplash around your throat. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That's what he had. I won't repeat it, but that's the Metier. That's horse number five. Okay. Horse number six. We'll stay with the same stable of Harry Fry, owned by a great mate of mine, um, Brian Lambert. He's got a horse called Boot Hill. Now, this one at Taunton with plenty in hand. Plenty of winners came out of the race, and then he got a splint. And the splint is just a little sort of little bit of bone that occurs underneath the horse's knee, <coughs> halfway down the tendon or at the bottom. If it's right underneath the knee, it's not so serious. But it ends up flaring up, being a bit tiresome, can't get on and train them properly. So what they do then is they treat it. You know, they just fire it and, and put some, you know, give it a bit of rest and whatever. And he's bouncing. This horse jumps fences for fun. 
he's going to go novice chasing. He could start very, very soon. And he is pretty smart. Boot Hill, he's called. Mm -hmm. Right, Nicky Henson's Shishkin. I mean, he won the Doombai, won the Wayward Lad, he won the Ark, won the Supreme. He is the next champion chase winner, no doubt about that. If you can get three to one or four to one about and win the next uh, uh, champion chase at Cheltenham, well, it's a long way away. But he is a serious horse and he is standing in now. Altior's been retired to um, to Mick Fitzgerald's as a, you know, his wife does a bit of venting and whatever. So that's where he is. This is a serious horse, Shishkin. I think it'll be uh, on... on um, on form fairly soon. It'll be in the Tingle Creek, I'd say. He'll be uh, making his debut. And then he'll be geared up for the champion chase. And that will be at Cheltenham in 2022. Horse number eight is called Doddy the Great. D-O-D-D-I-E, the Great. And he's owned by Honeysuckle's owner, Kenny Alexander. He won two national flat races last year for Nicky Henderson and... Um, he is going to be a very smart hurdler and he's going to be a very smart chaser, I think, when they go chasing one day. Now, Kenny Alexander, he owns that great filly or mare. She is now Honeysuckle. She's unbeaten in 12 from 12 races. You know, she won the mare's hurdle the year before last. She won the champion hurdle last year with Rachel Blackmore up. And uh, this horse is a cracking horse. And Every bit of prize money that he wins goes to the Doddy Weir Foundation Fund. Now, Doddy Weir, he, he played 67 caps for Scotland. He was captain and he was captain in Newcastle. And he's a lovely man. I know him really well. He's a good friend of mine. And I've worked with him uh, over the years many times. And uh, sadly, Doddy, you know, is, is very, very ill. Uh, but he's fighting it. And the Doddy Weir Foundation, look it up, do the wiki on it, look it up on, on your internet. And um, he, every bit of prize money that he wins goes to the foundation. So let's hope it wins, you know, let's hope it wins every big race that uh, is, comes its way. Yep. Um, number nine, well, that's got to be Honeysuckle. Well done to Kenny Alexander. And Honeysuckle is exceptional. 12 from 12, anywhere from two to two miles four I think she's exceptional so that's my nine to follow you asked for ten but I'll ask you for one right well you I was going to give you my drag Drogo because apart from the fact that I won money on him last year I think he's a, very, you. a very good horse however you've already given him yeah. that one so that's took that one out of mine um, yeah, what I was going to say was I gave him to you last year oh did you I don't recall that but anyway <laughs> but anyway uh, I'm going to go for Brave Man's Game which is Paul Nichols because um, it's local to us here and uh, I don't see how you can have a top 10 without a Paul's, Paul Nichol horse in it what's it called? Brave Man's Game yeah I, I should have put him in really yeah I did write him down and did put him in no you're absolutely right I mean it's hard naming sort of you know 10 to follow but you know Paul Nichols is going to have a terrific season I'm sure Mm. And I quite agree. Brave horses. Indeed. So there's our 10 listeners. Um, obviously, we can't make guarantees on them, but uh, you've got a you've got a pretty good uh, judge of horse meat there. 
and uh, our Colin knows knows what he's talking meat. about. It's not horse meat. It's not horse meat. Meat. <laughs> it's not horse meat. It's lovely horses. Well, yeah, of course it is. Um, but our Colin knows what he's talking about. So you could do a lot worse than to keep an eye on those horses. That's for sure. Uh, of them all, I suppose you've got to say the most likely to be ultra successful has got to be Shiskid, isn't it? Yeah, I suppose so, but um, he's going to be pretty short odds most of the time, whereas a yeah. few of those others might be a bit of value, that's what it's all about. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Now, as we all know, Chepstow starts tomorrow, Friday, yeah. Um, yeah. and we're going to have a look at that, but you're going to go to some of the other meetings first, am I right? That's what we'll do, let's have a look. Now, um, here we go, Saturday, boom. We got Exxon, we got Limerick, Newmarket, Chepso, Ferry House, York, Chelmsford, and Caulfield in Australia. And Ramway. Um and we got Shanti and Belmont Park in America, Keeneland in America. But I think we'll let's crack away at York, have a quick look at that. Um there's a couple of decent races up at York. Um we got the Coral Sprint at uh three fifteen. So the uh Rockingham Stakes, a listed race at 202 um quite an interesting little race the horse i quite like in this uh, in this race is it also got beaten last time out but he's quite li likely raced al sabah who loves his horses and he quite often buys his own horses this one at newbury first time was second to Juanes, who i think is a very good two-year-old um and he's called alaterbi and he's also number one in the 202 at York. Right, on to the Heritage Handicap. This is a bit, bit more difficult, I'll be perfectly honest. There's some quite nice horses in this, but it is a pretty difficult race to try and wear. There's a million runners in it. Um, one horse that always runs well here is Mr. Lupton. Uh, any of you that use the old apps on your phone, you can normally back a horse each way up to about five, six places. And I bet old Mr. Lupton's right there. On, Colin. Um, yeah. I see that Tom Ward, who, as you know, comes on the show from time to time, he's got one in this race yeah. called Capote's Dream, which has got reasonably good form, 2102211. Yeah. So whether or not yeah. it's a 12 to 1 shot might be worth looking at. Yeah, no, look at that one as well, well spotted. Um, and you can put them uh, put them in a little sort of tri-cast, pick another horse to finish in any order, or reverse exact, so they have to be first and second in uh, the correct, you know, in any order, should I say. So, yeah, no, give it a go. I mean, mm -hmm. uh, why not? It's, uh, it's, 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 uh, it's a bit of fun. Right, well, let's go to Hexham, shall we? Okay. Hexham it is. Let's have a look at the nut. Novice Hurdle at 1.35. That's the sort of races I like, Novice Hurdles. Because in Novice Hurdles, you know, when you watch them quite care carefully, there are quite a few in the race, those races that just can't win. Only because they're going, you know, they're going to be staying longer trips one day or they're quite, you know, backward, back, you know, and some horses are, you know, bred that, you know, their progeny don't go and win until they're five or six or whatever it might be. So it's always a good race to look at. Um, what wins it? Well, I, I I would say, actually, the horse that won at Chester when I was there the other day, it's called It's Good to Laugh. 
I would say this would take a bit of beating. It's trained by Jenny Candish. Um, and it won at Chester and sort of softish ground. It stays in Hexham. You need to stay longer than the mother-in-law because it's a really, really tough trek that. And so I would say it's good to laugh. We'll win there. All right. Um, right. As we say, um, let's try and find you another one for the races. Uh, there's a trainer called Ben Haslam. I used to ride for his dad, Patrick Haslam, real good trainer. Ben, Patrick always had horses for J.P. McManus, and uh, and he's carried on the trait. He sends Ben a few. And a horse that's been you know, rated as high as sort of 100 and... Ooh, rated it as best. He was rated about 130, 135. Um, Philip Hobbs used to train him, actually. It's called Scoop the Pot, and he was third. Um, in May at uh, Cartmel for 109 and he has come down the handicap by about 28 pounds and I reckon uh, he could win the 210 at Hexham it's called Scoop the Pot, number 3 in the 210 at Hexham okay uh, okay, sounds easy isn't it? that's yeah. the way to do it that's the way to do uh, it uh, I think the listeners will be probably going to sleep now um as we go through the the card at Hexham. I don't think there's, to be honest, anything else up there that I really fancy, so I'm going to give it a body swerve. Yeah. And we are going to move on down to... Where should we go next? One second. Newmarket um, or York? I think, I've, just oh, we've done York. York. We've done York. Newmarket, then. Done York. Yeah, let's go to Newmarket, shall we? Hmm. Here we go at Newmarket. We've got some great racing at Newmarket. We really have got the Zetland Stakes Group 3. We've got the Emirates Autumn Stakes Group 3. We've got the Derby Dewhurst Group 1. And, of course, the longest race, well, one of the longest races run at Newmarket, 2 mile 2, and that's the Zarowich Handicap. What a race that is. So, let's go with... Let's have a little look at the Godolphin. Talking about Godolphin just now, aren't we? Shake my hand. Um, the Godolphin Stakes, and that is the Zetland Stakes, should I say. Um, it's a pretty good race indeed. That Charlie Appleby's got two, <coughs> two runners in it. They're the first and the second favourites. They're called Hafit and Gold Spur. Um, have, uh, Gold Spur won by six lengths. That was uh, that was at Sand and anything that wins by six lengths, you really wouldn't know how good it is unless he's galloped it against the other one, um, which was second in a listed race the other day. Uh, Buick Road. Do you know what I'm going to go for? Um, I'm going to go for uh, the the horse that I just mentioned um, in the 145. Gold Spur is better value, seven to two, as I look at it. Um, and Hafford's the favourite. So, Gold Spur I'll go for in the 145 at Newmarket. All right. Right. On, on to the autumn season, Group 3 race. And um, it's certainly a real good race in, to boot. There's a horse called Scriptwriter that comes over from Aiden O'Brien's, won't be far away. United Nations, again from the Aiden O'Brien yard, won easily at Nace the other day. And you know I wouldn't put anybody off back in that. I think it's a pretty smart horse the way it did it the other day. You wouldn't also be put off by Caribus, 
um, because that was second in the Royal Lodge to Royal Patronage, which could be quite good. Um, but I'm going to take a chance with the uh, horse from the Aidan O'Brien yard, and uh, that is called. One second, United Nations. United Nations. That's the one we like. Right on to at Newmarket. On to the uh, the next race on the card. Um, as I say it's, it is terrific racing there, Newmarket. I think it's the end of the season, of course. Um, right on to the Dewhurst at two fifty-five. Um, what wins it? Well, the eleven oh eight on favourite is Native Trail, I'm afraid, and this is just hacked up in all its races. Well, say hacked up, hacked up its first race, and then it got up to win the Superlative, which is a two a Group Two race, and then when it ran at um, the Curra, uh, it won by three and a half lengths, beat Point Lonsdale, won the Victor, uh, Vincent O'Brien National Stakes. I say Native Trail's going to take the beating, but you know I wouldn't want to be backing him at that silly price, eleven to eight on. So a little bit of each way value in the race could be the six to one shot straight answer, trained by Joe Lyons and won at Fairy House last time out, just a listed race, but he's certainly a pretty nice horse and nicely bred uh, Native, um, not Native Trail. Um, sorry. Um, straight answer, yeah, and and bred of course by Judmont, you know, uh, Prince Caleb Abdullah. So I say he's a pretty smart animal. This and he's related to plenty of very good winners. Goes back to the family, in fact, of Zephonic, who was one of our fastest horses um, back in the day. Right, I suppose we better have a stab at the Cesarowicz. Um But gosh, it's a hard race. They go MC Muldoon. Uh, who was second, of course, at Galway, um, uh, or at Ascot, should I say, uh, in the Ascot States to Rishun, and then won at Galway. He's 72 favourite. He's quite short, really. But um, Nicky Henderson runs a horse in it called Buzz, and he, he does well in these sort of races. Buzz has got some pretty smart form, um, winning over hurdles on softish ground last year. And... I think he's quite smart. I'm going to go Buzz uh, as my each way bet in the Cesarich, um, and he's around about six to one. Okay. Right, let's go to Chepstow. Let's get to the jump meeting at Chepstow. That's where it all happens on Saturday. Um, yep, we've got the champion hats, juvenile hurdle. Normally a very, very good horse comes out of this race. Uh, you know, we've had Triumph Hurdle winners win this in the past. Um, what wins it today? Well, Magistrato is a horse that um, I would like. I like Porticello. It's by, and I wouldn't be. It's it was second to Porticello, should I say, by Capguard. It was second in Otoy the last time it ran. I think it's pretty smart. Magistrato, I think, yeah, will win the first race. It's a pretty smart horse. I think this one from the. Um, from the stable of uh, uh, Paul Nichols. Right. Um, Dan Skelton's got an interesting runner at my new that's been winning in France as well. It's a good race. Good racing here, you know, Chepstow. Mm. Right. Look, now, 
a horse I really followed last year. I nearly put him up as one of my horses to follow. Runs in the 150 at Chaps. So he's called All Mankind. He's had a wind operation. A lot of nickels have wind operations in the winter, and I suppose even if he made, might have made a tiny, tiny noise, but it's not a bad thing to do because it really helps. And I think All Mankind will win the 150. I think he's a class horse. Jumps for fun. And a really, really class horse. Um, we've got the Native River Handicap Chase, which is the third race on the card. And it looks a very good race. Uh, Josh Moore's down there riding a horse called Fullback uh, for his dad. Um, Neil Mulholland is riding a horse called Accelerator Express. And he's got Twiston Davis on that one. Got Brave Eagle that I always thought could be quite good. And real still, um, also for the Nichols Yard. But I'm going to go for um, Mulholland's horse called Accelerator Express. In fact, if any of uh, your listeners are at Chepstow Friday or Saturday at 12 o'clock in the marquee called the Bonanza Boy Marquee, um, behind the stands, between the road and the main stand, um, I'm, I, I've organised along with Phil Bell. Um, a tipster panel. We've got the likes of Neil Mulholland on there, Dickie Johnson both days. Uh, we've got Josh Moore and we've got um, Brett Williams from Unibet and um, we've also got, got another trainer coming on there as well. Um, so, yeah, we got a good panel for the two days and we're going to go through the uh, go through the runners for you. So I'm going to say that Accelerator Express will win the 225. <laughs> and Fidelio Vallas, I think, will win the, uh, the listed uh, uh, chase. It's a really nice horse trained by Paul Nichols. I can't see anything beating him. Won his last four. He looks a prover. And then we got the, um, the Silver Trophy handicap hurdle. Again, a really good race, really competitive. We've got a few runners here. We've got like 18 runners. So each way betters, backers, uh, first, second, third, and fourth. And I suppose you can go longer if you want, if you, you know, reduce your uh, price with bookmakers. Um, what wins it? I think the top horse can win, actually. He's called Proschima, trained by Skelton. Very nice horse, this one. Really useful horse. What an entry last time out. Before that, it won at Cheltenham in April and was uh, fifth in Newbury and won a couple of races at Newcastle. I reckon this is called Proschima, and uh, number one, the 330. So, okay. On to that. So far. Wins it well, flipping out. It, again, it's a real good race. Um, I know Nichols always thought a lot of Grand Sancy, and it's been beaten a few times, but maybe it's going to get back to winning ways. Had a wind operation. That's horse number six. And we're trying to go through the card here at Chaps, aren't we? Because the last race on the card is a national flat race. And, you know, this is often a really, really good race. I see. Uh, Tizard's got one called Champagne Mizdam. Um, Hang on a minute. What happened to got... the 405? What happened to the 405? I gave you a tip for it. Oh, I, was... you just mentioned what? Grand Sansi. 
Yeah, that's the one I think. Right, right, I win okay. the 405. Sorry, listeners. 405, he can't keep up. And um, <laughs> in the last race on the card, what wins it? I'm going to go. Got to be time, time for a tune, I'm afraid. I'm a bit of a Nichols fan on the day. This one at Force Last, trained by Brian Eckley. Nichols went, that looks quite useful. I'll buy that. And they paid 175 grand for it. Well done to Brian Eckley, who bred it and owned it, because it's a lot of money for a horse that's half brother to just a couple of okay winners. But they obviously think it's quite good. And uh, time for a tune in our finale there at Chepstow on Saturday. Well, it's not a bad effort, Colin. Ten to or oh, nine oh, to follow, plus. One, two, three, four, eight, twelve, fourteen tips. That can't be bad for a day's work. That's right, isn't it? Yeah, no, that's very, very good. I'm good. Pleased. Okay, well, we will yeah. uh, no doubt catch up with you next week. Thank you very much for this week's selections, and um, yeah. yeah, you have a good time at Chepstow, and uh, we'll no doubt speak again next week. That's right. Come down to Chepstow, and if you're there, you know, and. and, and um, come up and say hello to me i'll be delighted to meet any listeners that are at chaps it'd be good fun and um as i say you know if you buy a book and get it signed by some former champion jockeys they'll be there and um and it's a great book really great christmas present by neil clark so there we go okay okay listeners have a good evening thank you very much colin thank you very much take it easy i will Right, you're off. Um, just a quickie. Now then, this week we've got yet another jockey on. We've done really well, and Gavin Sheehan is going to join us now and have a word with us about his forthcoming rides at Chepstow. Well, Gavin, first of all, thank you very much for joining us on the show at this late hour. You've had a busy day's racing at uh, Worcester, was it, or Devon and Exeter? Uh, Worcester, yeah. Yeah, any good? Worcester, too, right. I finished third in the bumper, uh, what seemed like a very good bumper um, I'm sure there'll be plenty of winners come out of it yeah and yeah. I finished down the field in the last race uh-huh. hard to rest but um, you've got three at Chepstow and then one on Sunday at uh, Newton Abbott I think so if we can just go through those up for parole for uh, for Jamie um, good chance yeah. oh, hopefully um, obviously it's a big race it's the first big race of the season it's what kicks off the season um, but hopefully he'll have a good chance um, I've been schooling him there lately and he's been jumping very quick um, he was good last year and I'll be looking forward to him yeah yeah good so that's one then we've got Man's, Manso Line is it? yeah Manso Line um, for Kate and Andrew Brooks um, she won at 100 to 1 around Warwick in a bumper oh yeah um, she was quite impressive yeah, um, she gave me. She can feel like a hundred to one shot when I was riding her. Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, I rode her in the entry bumper, and uh, she, she she the ground was probably a bit too quick for her that day. But she's um, been jumping well, and Christian Williams has her in good old form, so I'm told. Um, so yeah, she she she's a nice type going forward. Pity she won't be a hundred to one tomorrow. Though. No. <laughs> no, that's right. And then the last one, I don't know how you pronounce this, Dargiani, is it? Ah, just different ways. I, I just say Dargianini. Yeah. Um yeah, he he he's down in Paul's first run for Paul. Um he'll be a first runner. Um 
for Kate Andrew Brooks as well. Um, yeah, he, he was the last one to get in. Um, it's big old field in the silver gold trophy. Um, but yeah, he, he's his work has been very impressive. Um, his jumping probably isn't as slick as what we want it to be. But um, yeah, he, he's, his work has been very impressive. So I think he's better than one two six. Will he be good enough for that race? We'll, we'll find out on uh, Saturday. Yeah, absolutely. Do, do you as a jockey find that, uh, you know, this, this everybody kind of accepts this, this first meeting at Chepstow is is the real start of the uh, National Hunt campaign? And, you know, do you get excited about it like uh, like we do for football at the biggest start of the season? Um, uh, not, not, no, I probably will on the day because there will be a a bit more of a hype and everything um, yeah. but I try to take it each day as it comes to be honest with you yeah. um, I don't want to get too excited because if you get too excited you're, you can let emotions get to you and everything else but uh, like it's it's great that we've had a bit of rain um, that's always a good start um, but uh, Chepstow kicks everything off and as soon as you know Chepstow comes then runners uh, like all the good horses start coming yeah. back up to the racing and it just uh it's a good meeting to have, and it's nice to finally get the, the jump season back. Do you think we've had enough rain for, or do you think there's still going to be a few people holding back on their horses? Oh, there'll be a few people holding back, all right. Um, I don't think there is enough rain, um, but I, th- I think that they're watering to maintain. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's uh, lucky. It is what it is. I'd, I'd say the hurdle course might be a bit, bit softer than the, the chase course, just because of the. Yeah. It's been raised on with the flat. Uh, so going back to the horse, one more to go. Tallow for Cole uh, at Newton Abbott. Has that got a chance? Um, hopefully he's. Hopefully he'll be better suited to, to chasing. Um, he, he he was just a. He was kind of a bit of a slow burner, to be honest with you. Yeah. Um, but he, he jumped on grass yesterday for the first time. Um, Newton Abbott, big enough fences around there, but he touch wood, he's, he's been good enough at home. Um, so hopefully Jason might just bring out a bit more improvement on him so yeah. I'd be looking forward to him So a busy weekend for you pretty much? Yeah, yeah Easy enough Hopefully I might get a few more on, on Sunday Yeah, yeah Well I'm sure you will when you're down there um, Hopefully but, Well thanks very much for that Gavin for coming on the show and uh, hopefully we'll talk to you next week Thanks ever so much for doing that and uh, hopefully we can touch base again next week Yeah, brilliant Brilliant, you're a star Thank you ever so much Gavin well, there you go. That was Gavin Sheehan. So this week we got three of the best jockeys in the country on the show in the form of Daryl Jacob, Gavin Sheehan, and, of course, our old favourite, Nick Schofield. So we're hoping to keep up that sort of strike rate next week. Uh, so if you have a listen in then, you'll be able to find out who we've got. Now we're going to catch up with one of the leading race commentators in the country and, of course, sporting life commentator and journalist. It is, of course... Simon Holt. Well, good morning, Simon. Uh, a nice, miserable morning this morning. Not very nice at all down here in Somerset. I don't know what it's like with you, but uh, summer's gone, I'm afraid. It looks like it, doesn't it, AD? Yes, we're getting into winter, and uh, of course, that means that the jump uh, season is on its way. And these uh, couple of days, we've got uh, two brilliant days of jumping at Chepstow, which really signals the start, I think, these days of the, the jump season. What and, a great little uh, link that was. What did you say? I said, what a great little link that was. Oh, do you want to start again? No, 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 it's fine. It's fine. You're going to have to edit it out. Yeah, no, that's all right. I'll, I'll, uh, 
No, I was I was just no, that's fine. You carry on. I'll I'll sort it. Don't worry. All right. So we've got some fantastic racing at Chepstow uh, over the uh, two days, and a lot of the big trainers have got to some some decent horses out as well. And the second day is on Saturday tomorrow yeah and we've got um, the likes of paul nichols and dan skelton with uh, leading runners a very interesting runner i think in the uh, handicap hurdle tomorrow is all mankind the horse that did so well for dan skelton over fences last season bit of a trailblazer he really took well to to fences and uh, dan skelton's got him in the uh, handicap hurdle tomorrow over two miles and his handicap mark of hurdles is ten pounds below his chase mark. Yeah. So he's potentially very well handicapped in that race. Yeah, absolutely. And then later on, we've got um, a nice handicap chase named after Native River. Very competitive uh, three-mile handicap chase. Uh, a horse I like very much. Kitty's Light is running at Christian Williams, but I think the trip three miles around Chepstow is going to be. On the sharp side for Kitty's Light, the way he ran on in the Bet365 Gold Cup at Sandown last April and was arguably very unlucky not to get that race. But Christian is uh, uh, also represented by Cap Denore, who was a progressive horse last season. And in an interview I read yesterday, uh, Christian was very keen on this horse and thinks he's really come on. So I think Captain Orr could be a very interesting runner. He was fifth in that Bet365 Gold Cup. So uh, he and Kitty's Light are fairly well matched. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> it's a good race. Yeah, definitely. What else have we got? We've got a, a novice's chase at Chepstow. That's a really lovely race. Fidelio Vales for um, Paul Nichols has been in good form. Several of them have um, won their races. Present and Counting's had a little bit of a sequence. I just thought that um, there was an interesting chase and newcomer in the race called T-Clipper, trained by Tom Lacey. And this horse ran very well at both Cheltenham and Aintree in the spring in handicap hurdles. And this is his chasing debut, and I think he's a horse of some potential. But uh, I suppose he lacks a recent run, whereas the likes of Fidelio Vales, Captain Tomcat, and Present and Counting, they're all real fit at the moment, uh, having been summer jumping. So, uh, But even so, I think T-Clippers want to keep an eye on there. And then they've got this uh, the Silver Trophy handicap hurdle, which is the first sort of major handicap hurdle of the season. Very open-looking race. Paul Nichols has got a couple of runners, Amurda Nui, who is probably best on good ground and reappears, and I think goes well fresh as well. Harry Cobden's riding Amurda Nui, but right at the bottom he's got another runner called Dargianini, who was formerly with Harry Whittington, and uh, he has his first run for Paul Nichols off a very light weight and uh, was quite a promising horse over hurdles in novice races last season. And uh, Harry Whittington, he also has a nice horse called Torini, T-O-R-I-G-N-I, and uh, he uh, ran very promisingly over hurdles, an ex-French horse, and he finally won at air, or dead-heated at air, in uh, April. I think he's a horse of interest um, going forward as well. And then there's a couple of other races, at 4.05, another handicap chase over nearly two and a half miles. Um, Paul Nichols again, Represented by Dolos here and by Grand Sancy, 
uh, Dan Skelton by not that say The horse that I think um, has is open to further improvement is one for Emma Lavelle called Man of the Mountain, who I think just raced a, a little bit like a weak horse still sometimes last season. I remember him cruising up at Cheltenham early last season over three miles and patently didn't get home. And then uh, Emma Lavelle dropped him back in trip for his last two starts at Kempton, where he ran very well. And then he won at Cheltenham in uh, April, over two and a half miles, beating Magic Saint and Romanda Sanam. And I thought that was a good performance. He was getting plenty of weight, but he travelled really well. I think he's quite a talented horse, man of the mountain. And in the last race, the bumper... Uh, Paul Nichols has probably the warm favourite in this horse called Time for a Tune, who uh, won a bumper at Foss Lass for another trainer last season and then changed hands for £175,000 and now races in the well-known colours of John Hales. So Time for a Tune, probably a uh, a leading candidate, may even go off odds on in that uh, closing race, the bumper at Chepstow tomorrow. So it's all good stuff, isn't it? It is indeed, yeah. And you've got some nice horses there as well. If they come in, I'm sure we'll, uh, we'll all be very pleased. Um, now we've also been asking all of our um, what should we call you a pundit I don't know if that's the yeah, right, that's the right uh, terminology um, <laughs> to come up with their 10 to follow this season and uh, I, I gather you've got 10 to follow so uh, yeah fire away well, well I've picked them out and um, at this time of the year you know it is a little bit of a guess but um, uh, it, and it's hard to get away from the big yards but um there we are. They, they do have the best horses. And at mm. the top of the pile, I think, has to be Shishkin, mm-hmm. who, of course, was unbeaten in over fences last season, won the Arkle, as he was expected to, in good style at the Cheltenham Festival, and then won at Aintree, not quite as impressively at Aintree, I didn't think. But, you know, he's a great prospect, and Nicky Henderson says he's grown uh, since last season, really done well over the summer. So he's going to be very exciting. And Nicky Henderson's got another novice chaser from last year, Chantry House, who won at both Cheltenham and Aintree. Obviously at Cheltenham, Envoi Allen was a faller, so that helped his cause. But he went and uh, followed up at, uh, at Aintree. And in that race at Aintree, he was left clear by a horse of Kim Bailey's called Espoir de Rome. And I think this is a very exciting horse, Esquadra Rome, who was still in front at the second last when falling and allowed Chantry House to go on and win. I'm not sure what would have happened. Probably Chantry House might have won anyway, but Esquadra is a progressive horse, real trier, real bold jumper. And I think he's a horse to follow if all is well with him. The next one I picked out is one for Dan Skelton. Very obviously, I'm afraid. Number f- my fourth selection is my Drogo, who was uh, four from four over hurdles last season. Didn't run at the festival, which was probably a good thing. And then won by over nine lengths at Aintree. He's the most gorgeous horse. Not sure whether, whether he'll go chasing or stay hurdling. I haven't read anything, but he's definitely one to keep on the right side of. Yeah. Uh, Paul Nichols has a good horse in Grenatine. Grenatine was a real, a bit of a surprise packet, I think, last season because uh, he ended up finishing fourth in the champion chase, only beaten a couple of lengths. And then on his final start, he beat the retiring Altior at Sandown. Mm-hmm. That was a really impressive performance. So he's going to be running in all the top two mile chases. And I dare say the Tingle Creek will be 
his first major target. He did win the Hawden Gold Cup at Devon at Exeter. Mm-hmm. So Devon Exeter last season. Yeah. So maybe he'll go back for that though. So that is a handicap. So he'll be um, carrying plenty of weight. So those are the first five I've got. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> Excuse me. Um, and here are the others. Um, a, a little bit of a left field candidate, perhaps, because he's not a top class horse. But I love this horse, Kitty's Light, trained by um, uh, Christian Williams. And this was an extraordinary improver last season. He's he's quite a small horse. It's actually bred to be a flat horse. But he put up some fantastic performances last summer. Really progressive. And he ran in the Bet365 Gold Cup at Sandown on the final day of the season. And if you remember, it was a real rough and tumble finish with Enrillo finishing first past the post. But Enrillo definitely seemed to hamper Kitty's light. And arguably Kitty's light, I think, should have been given the race. But the thing about this horse is he's absolutely relentless. He doesn't seem to have a bottom. He just keeps on galloping, even though he can come under pressure quite early in his races. He's slightly unproven on soft ground. He runs at Chepstow tomorrow, and I think it might be a bit too sharp for him, three miles round Chepstow, but I still think he's one eye on. He's just a, a relentless galloper and a real trier. So Kitty's Light is on the list. Time Hill also gets onto the list because I think this could be the, the horse to beat in the staying hurdles, certainly in, of British-trained staying hurdlers. It looks like they're going to keep him over hurdles. Uh, he was... Involved in that fantastic race with Paisley Park and the Long Walk last season. Forced to miss Cheltenham and then won at Aintree. And Paisley Park was well beaten behind him. And Aintree actually ran no sort of race. And just a really tough horse, Time Hill. And uh, I hope that he can uh, get a deserving win in the in the Stayers Hurdle at the Cheltenham Festival this time round. So that is how we got seven there. Seven there, yeah. I've got... Th- so three more. The next one, the next two are both trained by Nicky Henderson again. One that perhaps uh, might be a bit of a surprise, a horse called Craig Niche, who uh, was a winner at Ascot last season in Handicap Company and then ran a mighty race in the Coral Cup at the Cheltenham Festival. He's a horse I really like and I know he's highly regarded. And at the festival, he never got daylight at all, all the way round. And he just ran on tremendously well from the final flight. And I think he's a really promising horse, Craig Niche. I suspect he might go novice chasing. In fact, uh, I've been reading Nicky Henderson's magazine associated with his um, open day. And yes, I think it looks as though he's going to go chasing. And he, he definitely wants at least two and a half miles. That's Craig Niche. And Henderson's also got another lovely horse called Dusart, who totally filled the eye when he won first time out at Newbury last season, beating a horse called Soaring Glory, who went on to uh, return to Newbury and win the um, the Betfair handicap hurdle uh, in February. He was getting a bit away from Soaring Glory, but it was, a, it was just an unmistakably classy performance. And then he had a bit of a setback, and they couldn't get him back onto the track until... Aintree in the spring, apparently had quite major surgery, and I thought he ran an amazing race, really. He was third in a grade one novice hurdle at Aintree in the spring, and if they can keep him right, Dusart could be top class, I think. And the other one, the last one I picked out, um, is another one for Paul Nichols, and that's Brave Man's Game, who was 
probably his best novice hurdler last season. Uh, it was a bit of a shock how easily he was swept aside at the Cheltenham Festival, but he still ran a very game race. And I imagine that he is going to make a really lovely chase of Brave Man's game. And if he goes chasing, which I suspect he will do, he'll probably end up, providing he jumps well, and there's no reason to suppose he won't, he'll probably end up as an RSA chase horse this season. And uh, and then beyond that, they'll be looking at, uh, you know, the uh, Labrix Trophy, etc., Gold Cup, probably the year after. But he's a, he's a smashing horse as well. So 10, 10 horses there, 80. Most of them either Henderson or Nichols, but we've got Time Hill for Philip Hobbs, Christian Williams, Kitty's Light, a bit of variety, Dan Skelton, my Drogo, Kim Bailey with their squad of Rome. So other trainers are uh, represented in the list. Well, that's brilliant. Thank you very much, Simon. Um, I'm sure the listeners don't realise how lucky they are getting your uh, benefit of uh, your well, I'm knowledge, sure. I'm sure. <laughs> I'm so. sure about that. <laughs> <laughs> no, well, you know, let's hope, let's hope you're right. And um, what with yours and Collins and a few others that we've got, it'll be interesting to see who comes up with the best sort of strike rate during the season. Oh, well, yes. Keep us in touch with that. It'll be interesting because uh, particularly me and Colin, you know, we're very competitive. With yeah, I, I can imagine. So, um, so <laughs> yes, it'll be interesting to see who does best at the end, uh, by the end of the season. Shall I tell you Collins, just out of interest for you? Yeah. So let's hear what He's Collins. got um, Galvin from um, Gordon oh, Elliott, yes. uh, yeah. Flaming Ambition, Chris Barber, um, Vanillia, I'm not sure about that one, from Gavin What's Cromwell. Vanilla, I don't know. It's Gavin Cromwell, right? Trains it apparently. He's gone for some Irish horses, which is sensible. Yeah. Um, My Drogo, which we just spoke about. Two from Harry Fry, Meltier and um, Boots. Meltier. Meltier and Boots Hill, is it? Or Boots Hill? Boots Hill, yes. That's a really nice horse, actually. Yes, Boots Hill, yeah. Boots Hill. Um, Shishkin, well, we're all going to go for that, I guess. Um, Doddy the Great. From uh, Henderson, uh, Honeysuckle, right? Honeysuckle, yes. Yeah, well, uh, and yeah. also Brave Man's Game, which you've gone for. So, uh, yeah, yeah, that's that's our college. So, um, interesting to see, wasn't it? Doddy the Great. That's an interesting one. Um, I hadn't, um, as I say, I've been reading the um, the Henderson um, uh, Open Day. Yes, this horse is named after the Scottish rugby player Doddy Weir. That's right. He's a big friend of of, of Collins. Oh, I see. Oh, well, he'll have an inside track to that, and uh, he's won a couple of bumpers. So uh, yeah. yeah. Well, I think he's he's sports. part he's part doing it from the point of view of, of obviously the you know the question can you have your ten to follow, but also um, he uh, every race that he wins it goes uh, money goes towards the uh, uh, the Doddy um, charity that they've got because he's got motor neurons disease, isn't he? Yes, that's terrible, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. Yes, the Doddy the Doddy Weir Foundation. Yeah, so, that's it. Uh, so I yeah. think that there's a certain amount of uh, element of, of um, what's the word I'm looking for, um, you know, sympathy and, and, and encouragement to, to get that uh, foundation really going well. Yes, but he, he is a well-regarded horse. And Henderson says in his uh, brochure, he is, I think, one of our bright prospects for novice hurdling uh, next season. I think he means this season. Yeah. Um, both... Both his starts in bumpers, he won very nicely. He's, he has scored very well and is ready to start down 
the road of Hurdley in the autumn and will almost certainly make a chaser in years to come. I think he will be top class. Yeah, That's well. what Nicky Henderson says in, in his brochure. So Doddy the Great could really be a name to note. Obviously, he'd be out for a drink with uh, Colin, I suspect, then. <laughs> yes, I expect so. But uh, he also, Colin, does have quite a um, good angle into the Harry Fry yard. And um, Metier had a bit of an excuse when he was beaten in the uh, Supreme Novice Hurdle at Cheltenham. Didn't really run his race. Mm. And he could easily come back. And he probably needs quite soft ground. And Boot Hill has been, I think, a bit difficult to train. Been very lightly raced, but um, they've long thought he was a horse with considerable ability. Yeah, yeah. And of course, Harry Fry now has got his new stables uh, over at Corscombe, so uh, he'll be looking to hopefully improve things from uh, from a point of view of the stabling facilities. Exactly. Yeah, very capable trainer, Harry yeah. Fry. Yeah, and nice with it too. Good. Okay then, Simon. Well, thank you ever okay. so much for that. Really appreciate it. And um, don't worry, we'll keep you informed as to how they're doing. And I'm <laughs> okay. sure you'll you'll be keeping your own eye as well, especially well, with the, uh, the rivalry with Mr. Brown. Yeah. So uh, I will. I will now. I know what Colin's gone for. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. <laughs> very much so. Well, thanks for that, Simon. Thanks very much for that. And uh, we'll catch up with you again soon. Thank you very much, Ad. No worries. Thanks a lot. Bye bye. Well, there you go. That was Simon Holt uh, from The Sporting Life, of course, and obviously a leading race commentator in the country. Those of you that follow racing will know his voice, I'm sure. Well, this is a marathon show this week, that's for sure, because we haven't finished yet. We've now got Mr. Dave Wilson from Harlequin Racing. Good morning, David. Um, Bit of a miserable morning, uh, but no doubt the jumpers will be getting excited down at Chepstow. And what have you got for us today? Yeah, we're going to have a look at Chepstow's card for Saturday and uh, Newton Abbott's uh, have a little run-through there for Sunday and uh, a little bit disappointed myself. Uh, the twins are off school with a COVID test issue and uh, put a kibosh on me going over to Chepstow today. So, uh, Never mind, never a bit, mind. A bit of word of warning to people. Like, if you've got kids, you're going to get your days messed up with this COVID thing and like, obviously people go in there. Mm. as well. You don't know who you're mixing with there, so make sure you put the masks on and everything else because yeah, uh, yeah. I can see it spreading immensely. I went to walking centre at Westlands yesterday and the place was heaving with people having tests done. Was it? Never yeah. seen it like it over there before, so uh, yeah. there's plenty of it about despite what you hear on the news, but there yeah. you go. But we can sit indoors and watch the jumpers on the TV and uh, we'll have a look through Saturday's card at Chepstow and we're going to kick off with a 1.15 race uh, and we're looking at a nice horse, number two, Magistrato. Priced up in the paper at around about five to six, but I've got a feeling it's going to be about a one to two shot, especially if Mr Nichols kicks off uh, the Chepstow meeting on Friday with a couple of wins, which he, he looks like he's going to have. He's got Nappers Hill at around one to five in the first and three under through five is going odds on at the moment in the second there so I'd imagine Magistrato will get a very good heave on a price when them two go bolting in anyway Magistrato's had one race out at Kilwes where he finished second and uh, the horse behind him that day was called Imprenable and that was three lengths back and that's since come out and won a class one listed event out in France so obviously the, the form is very very solid and obviously being a Nichols Cobden combination people are going to be latching on to it uh, she come, he comes from a nice National Hunt family and is closely related to a horse called Labago Roy and another one called Kaisberg. And they're, they're, they're both rated 154 and 145, so you can see the standard of horse that 
is in this family out of the uh, uh, male who bred them. So obviously Major Strato's got class on the on the form book and uh, in relations. So I think she'll be a very good uh, bet in the first race there with Chepstow's tomorrow. Okay. Moving down to the 150, the horse that we've always liked, All Mankind, is out here. A bit of a surprise to see him coming out in a hurdle, Class 2 hurdle handicap. Uh, obviously, with him being put over the trace fences last year and being uh, probably aimed at the big races at Cheltenham for March. So, we think he's got a very good chance in this race. He's priced up around about 2-1. to one. But the thing that is going through my mind is, why is he having a run over hurdles? Why is he coming out this early in the season when we're going to be looking at him to win in March at Cheltenham? He may well just be coming out to have a run, so we're not going to advise a bet here, but we're just going to advise watch a race and see how what he goes and uh, go from there. But it's just a strange one to see him so early in the year and uh, in a handicap hurdle, not in a Class 1 graded race over the chase fences. So uh, we'll just have to wait and see. But All Mankind in the second is the one that we're going to be watching there. OK, well spotted. Moving down the card to a 2.25, uh, the horse that we liked for the Grand National last year, Mr Malarkey's out. He's priced up at around about 10 to 1 at the moment. And uh, this fella's won Class 1 listed events, Grade 2s, Grade 3s. He's, he's done everything, really. And uh, the season, the kind Cizard of I've had last year with the virus or the bug or whatever was going around there in the second half of the season they, they was on fire up till November and then it just like the winners just dried up for the year and uh, I've got a funny feeling they're going to come out firing on all cylinders this year so we're going to have a little look at Mr Malarkey as an each way bet in the 225 there at Chepstow tomorrow oh yeah moving down to the 3 o'clock uh, Novice Chase and uh, the one we think's got a chance in here is a horse called T Clipper but we're not going to be having a bet it's it's one of them races where you've got to be mad as a hatter if you're going to invest on them. Two, two of the runners haven't even jumped over fences in public before, and the other four have. So Grumpy Charlie's one that's never been over the fences before, and he's closely related to a couple of Harry Fry's horses, Air Horse One and Misty Whiskey, and his other and his other half sister's called One for Rosie, and she's come out this year and she's won two from two over chases. So uh, he'll be an interesting one to see. But as I say, the one we like. Is clip up and she's very closely related to uh raffling rose who's uh won six chase races for david pipejard so it's a very good race there and uh be interesting to watch but we're not going to be having a bet in it as it's all novices and it's very unknown how they're going to jump so we'll move on down to the 330 and uh one we like in this race you might actually fancy having a little bet on him is hooper He's uh, priced up at around 12 to 1 with William Hills at the moment. And uh, he won five on the bounce. And then he's had three races where he's looked very, very tricky and very, very quirky. But uh, Nicky Henderson's reached for the cheek pieces this time round. And uh, he should have beaten, should have beaten, presented and counting, which is running in the previous race. But he swerved and unseated the jockey at the final flight. So we're just going to have a little each way bet on Hooper in the 330 there. It would need Moving to be. It would need to be Hopper for me to have a bet on it, wouldn't it? Not Hooper. <laughs> it's a common mistake, though, mate. It's a common mistake. Well, it's only an O and a P. So yeah, yeah. Well, friends. Yeah, well, exactly. An O and a P. I mean, you know. But then again, you know, Uncle Dennis, he might not be too keen on the idea as well. You know, upholding the the family name. So, you know. Yeah. 
He's, he's off on his motorbike at the moment, but there we go. Anyway, where, where were we? I've, got, I've gone right off. We're the... going down to the 405 race and a, a horse that we had three good wins on last year, five-star getaway of Christian Williams. Uh, we backed him, as I say, last year. He won three out of three for us, and then they sent him up to air to have a race over three miles, which... Well, it's like sending me out and putting me in a pinky in half marathon. I ain't ever going to get the trip. It, it was one of them situations. So yeah. he's dropping back to two mile three furlongs after his excursion up to air, and the handicapper eased him two pound for it. So it was a it was a nice little excursion up to Scotland. Dropped two pound in the handicap and come back, and he, he's only got a rating of one hundred and thirty three now, and. He's running off a very light weight there at Chepstow on Saturday, and I think he'll be a, a bolt out of the blue. He's priced up around about 6, 7 to 1 at the moment. It'd be well worth having a nice each way bet on him there. Five-star getaway in the 405. And, of course, uh, the, the show's uh, resident jockey Nick Schofield's on board, so uh, that's another reason to, cut, to keep an eye on him. Yeah, he is, and uh, it's, a, it, it is a, it's a nice booking for five-star getaway having Nick on board him. And it, it, it's another thing that stands out, because Jack Tudor no, normally rides him, a three-pound claimer who's uh, attached to yeah. Christian Williams' stable. So <coughs> putting a full-time professional on instead of a claimer, it, it's, it, it stood out a little bit to me, because like, yeah. you'd think if Christian Williams is having a, a runner, it's definitely going to be Jack Tudor riding it, but he's booked Nick for it, so it's uh, one of them that stands out. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, OK. OK. Uh, moving down to the last race on uh, the Chepstow card on Saturday before 4.40 and a horse in this race called Time for a Tune. Now, we haven't got a price for it at the moment, but the paper says it's going to be about one to two. Now, a little bit of information about this fellow. He's only had one race today and he hacked up at Foss Lass. And he was owned and trained by BJ Eckerley. And the Paul Nichols team moved in and purchased him for around about £175,000. So that shows you how well they thought he, he run that race. And he could have won that race by about 50 lengths. I think he won by 11 lengths that day. But it could have been easily 50. He was running all over the show with the horse. And it he, he was just like 10 different grades better than the rest of the field. So yeah, it's, yeah. it's one of them that like, Paul Nichols and his owners have stepped in and bought it for 175000 So... It's obviously a horse that took their interest, and from what I've been told, it's one to keep a very close eye on this year. And they reckon he's going to be a, a bit of a superstar, really. So uh, yeah. we'll have to wait and see. But that's the last race that Chepstow on Saturday. Time for a tune. Right here. Going to have a quick rundown of uh, a few of the horses that we like at Newton Abbott on Sunday. We haven't got the final runners yet they come through uh, in about an hour and a half's time so we can't get a finalise so some of these may not run but we'll start Newton Abbott Sunday off with a one o'clock and a horse that if I can get out and get these COVID test results back I'll be going down to the track to watch him he's called Scatman now he beat presented accounting very very easily and presented accounting come out and won four four or five races since but another thing to note is Scatman beat Barbados Bucks out in Ireland and he had Lieutenant Rocco behind him as well. Now, all three of them horses are rated in excess of 140 now. So you can see the sort of form that's going to have in the bank to take on a lot of these newcomers, which not, not one of them looks to be in anywhere near his class. 
So when we get the tissue through and the prices, it may well be worth jumping in the car and going down and getting a nice bet on him on Sunday morning. Yeah, okay. So that's the first race at Newton Abbott. The second race there, we've got Fusil Raffles of uh, Nicky Henderson's. Obviously, he's got some real solid form in the bank, and he was runner-up of the Cheltenham Festival this year, just gone. And uh, he's, he's our bet in the second race there. The 202 race, uh, one of Paul Nichols again that we like there is Black Jack Kentucky. He looks to have a very good chance. Uh, moving down uh, the 312 race, uh, another horse of Paul Nichols that's got some solid form in the bank, but he's had a couple of poor runs and uh, hopefully he's sorted him out in the off season. He's called Sea Lot More Business. Uh, obviously, it's very much related to Seymour Business. And uh, he had some very good form, as we say, at the start of his career, but he's petered out at the last couple of runs he's had. But we think he'll be back on track. Uh, back to the 347 race, uh, one of Colin Tizard's Warlord. We think he'll, he'll go well there. So uh, that's what we've got for Sunday for Newton Abbott. And uh, hopefully we'll have a few winners across the weekend. And uh, hopefully the sun will come out next week and beam down on us. So, uh, good, 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 good. Excellent stuff. And uh, you're going to try and come up with your 10 to follow for next week's programme as well. Yeah, we'll bang them 10 out for you for next week and uh, we'll get on that and get into it so uh, we'll see what we can come up with for you brilliant okay then Dave thank you very much for that mate uh, excellent stuff and um, we'll speak to you next week lovely cheers mate speak to you then well that was Dave Wilson with a load of tips so I mean goodness me have we got some tips for you this week on the show one hour fifty minutes nearly of uh, pure racing information which hopefully will provide you with a few quid in your pocket but always remember please bet responsibly so that's it for this week. Join us again next week, same time, same station, here on Three Valleys Radio.